All right, lads, and welcome back to the Off the Line oh, podcast. Way. Oh, way. Uh, today, second recording of the evening. Uh, yes. Don't ever tell us we don't spoil you because we do. <laughs> uh, we are back with the series that we left about three, was it two, three weeks ago? No, only two. Only two. We're back with Football FAQ or Football Facts. Because we Good only fan. spit facts. Am I right, Sam? Straight facts, mate. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know. Straight. All right. <laughs> anyway, so we're going to do football FAQs. This ep- this episode, as promised, is a tier list episode. Jamie is literally the most excited I've ever heard him. Yes. He's been waiting to do a tier list episode on this podcast. I love tier lists. Good couple months. He's 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 been very excited, uh, and to be honest, so am I. We've got, we're going to do two tier lists today for you. We're going to rank the current Premier League managers from good to awful. The five tiers we've got are mastermind, double top. decent, underrated. Then it goes down to I'd rather not. And then underneath, in the bin. Or, should I call that, uh, hasn't got a clue. There we go. Hasn't like got a clue. Like that hasn't got a Solomon clue. <laughs> uh, I've got to put that now. So that's <laughs> that's the first one we're going to be doing. And uh, I think we will introduce the next one. We'll leave you all in suspense Ooh, for that. Keep watching. <laughs> for a bit later on. Uh, we apologise if you can't see this on Spotify. That's your fault. Um, <laughs> grow up <laughs> honestly get a life what are you doing we're joking we, we can't imprint this onto your brain so it's your fault uh, anyway should we get into it yeah let's go by the way these are in no particular order this was just how we found them so we've just gone with it uh, the first manager Wadger Wabbit Wam Wam Witchman Cobbin Wabbin uh, Roy Hodgson oh, yes <laughs> <laughs> Love that from you, Sam. Roy Hodgson. Uh, been around the block a long time, Roy Hodgson. Uh, yeah. I think he is the oldest manager to manage in the Premier League. Facts. Um, Football facts. He's been at a few. He's been at many, many teams, doing many, many jobs. I think he's all right. If you'd have asked me this uh, after the Iceland game four years ago, oh, in the bin. <laughs> yeah. Hasn't got a clue. Hasn't got a clue. I think for just by the virtue of the Iceland game, I would put him in. I'd rather not because if you <laughs> ask me, would I like Roy Hodgson as manager? I would turn around and say, I'd rather not. I wouldn't want him at West Ham. I'd rather not. I'd rather not. I'm going to agree. You know, we're going to put him there now. After uh, after the Euros, after the Euros <laughs> taking Jack Wilshere after he played 13 minutes of football all season, I'd rather not. It's gonna. Yeah, it's going to take a lot of healing for me to like Roy Hodgson again. Even the World it was Cup. A pretty, yeah, it was a pretty damaging evening for everyone involved. I think we can agree. Mentally, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think uh, next one, you're gonna you're gonna have to put aside Aww. some some bias on this one. Uh, <laughs> it's him. Big Slav, the Slavan Bilic. Of the Premier League, I'm Slavan Bilic. <laughs> no, Jamie, you oh. cannot have him in mastermind, Jamie. The best oh. thing he did was best thing he did at West Ham was bring Pyatt and he left. Mm. Makes me sad. <laughs> Realistically, what has what has he achieved, Slavan Bilic? Uh, promotion from the Championship with West Brom. Yes, and also a an eighth place finish with West Ham in the 15-16 season and the best season of my life. I don't know if I've mentioned it before. I'm going to get sad. Let's just uh, rate him. Right. I, I, I think it's unfair to judge him off just this season because he's coming with I would a agree hopeless with you. West Brom squad. And I think with a better squad, better people around him, I th- I personally think he's an underrated manager. I will go with you because I don't want you to cry this Yay, early in the video. Yeah, go. I love <laughs> I'll agree with you. Because what five minutes into recording, we cannot have Jamie blubbering like a girl. Well, um, right. Anyway, <laughs> one of—I mean—arguably one of the most <laughs> tactically aware managers in Premier League history. I've been uh, there already. <laughs> uh, there Steve already. Bruce. Steve Bruce. Do you know what? 
I'm going to argue he doesn't go there because yeah. hasn't got a clue would suggest that they don't have an idea what football they want to play. This man has got a clear vision of the football he wants to play. Yeah, it's just a shame that it's it, shit. It is, it is shit, but he, he's he got a clue. He understands. It's, it's the wrong awful clue. awful to watch. It's the wrong but he clue, does get res- Jamie, he does get results every now and then. I know, then. I know. He's if not, we're looking he's not at getting pure, a team relegated. Uh, let's look at it purely as a manager. I think uh, he does drill his teams quite well defensively, yeah. and that does that does cause for some extremely negative and boring football. But I will I will give Steve Bruce's dues and say that he's as a manager he's not clueless. So but he's not I, underrated. I'm not though. putting him in underrated, but he's a <laughs> no, he's, he's below boy. If he asked you to be manager of West Ham, what would you say, Jamie? I'd rather not. Rather not. <laughs> I'd did you, did you plan it like that? Did you want me to say that? I did. I'll set good, you up. Good, good. Um, right, let's go to the next one. Speaking of boring football, <laughs> this is this is the emperor of boring football, <laughs> the overlord of dull four four two. Sean Dyche, the man who ate worms as a child, um, needs a strepsil. Needs a strepsil, and again yeah. for the same reasons as. Bruce, I think he's got to go, and I'd rather not. I'm going to completely disagree with you. Oh. I think he's double decent. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think I... he has been criminally let down by his club. I think he has brought Burnley up through the ranks, and he even took them to a Europa League campaign. And I think that that is fast forgotten when Burnley have had the start of the season like they have. And I think when you look at Burnley, we, we you know we saw it in the transfer roundup. We didn't, they didn't sign a player, Sam. What are you going to do? Yeah, they haven't. Uh, yeah. They haven't for years. And and Sean Dyche has consistently given them top half Premier League finishes, and they've just had a really crap start to this season. So he's definitely a good manager. As he's very reliable. Concerned. He's very reliable. I will let you put him where you want to put him this one because you've posed a very convincing argument. So I will let you have your way. Well, with okay, I'll I'll put him above Bilic in the underrated section. I'll go. I'll go underrated. in the middle. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll agree with underrated. you. Uh, now your current manager, Moise. Most useful when he sat at home, apparently. Yeah, but, probably. Yeah. If this was Alan, if this not, is I'll, Alan Irvine, our assistant manager, he'd be a mastermind. I'll but, let you uh, I'll let you haul off on this. Listen, uh, I like David Moyes. I think I like the cut of his jib, Sam. You you changed your tone since the start of the year. I know I have. Um <laughs> you, well, yeah, of course I have. We we could have gone third the other day if we didn't bottle it against United. Uh but that wasn't his fault. We had all the chances in the first no. half and we just didn't didn't finish. Um so I actually think he's done a really good job this season. And it, at the start of the season, I would have said I'd rather not. But I actually think he's a double decent manager. I do agree with you. I okay. think I think he was always good at Everton. He always had them up playing well. I think he was let down at United because I I think the squad that he inherited at Manchester oh, United chalice, was, over, was massively massively overperforming under Sir Alex Ferguson. Um, and Moyes just wasn't able to implement his footballing vision upon that club. He then took over at Sunderland, I think, David Moyes. Am I wrong am I wrong in saying that? I think yeah, he was Sunderland. He had a couple little. of bad spells. He had he was at Sunderland Which, again, for a bit and then he was at Sociedad. Dad. Taken over at Sunderland, that's a poison chalice. I mean that is like signing a death certificate taken over there. Um <laughs> who knows? I, I I do think he's a double decent manager and I'd I'd, I'd agree with you, especially given so. the fact that the club the club have massively let him down in the window. Yeah. Selling Grady Dian Garner. I yeah. think he was hung out to dry a little bit with that. So, yeah, I'd agree with you on that he, one. He's made the best out of a bad situation. And obviously, you know, he after can't. his first sit, after his first stint at West Ham, he obviously got sacked at the end of the season after keeping us up. Pellegrini came in, it didn't work. And I was sceptical when he came back in for his second term, but I'm, I'm more than happy to be proved wrong by David Moyes. And I'd, I'd like to think that he will, will do a good job this season for us. So, yeah, double decent. Uh, we move on to another claret and blue manager. See that nice segue there? You should learn. Um, we're, we're unintentionally creating pathways through this. And <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really quite proud of it. I like it. Um, yeah. Dean Smith. What do you, go on. What do you think? Um, I was very dismiss. I was very dismissive of Dean Smith 
mm. at the start of the season. I said that his managerial style was disappointing, but <laughs> I've been proven very wrong. Yeah. At the start of this year, and I think that Aston Villa looked very good. Do I think that he is relying on the abilities of Tyrone Mings and Jack Grealish? Of course, but I can't blame him for doing that. If you've got the players, you may yeah. as well use them. Yeah. And uh, I think he set his team up in a way that brings the best out of uh, out of their players. And uh, I put him in underrated. I don't know if he's good enough to go up into double decent, but I think he is an underrated manager. I think he's someone that's overlooked in the conversation of the Premier League, especially considering yeah. how well Aston Villa are doing this season. I look at Dean Smith and I really want to put him higher up because I think if you look at his previous uh, sort of managerial stints, especially at Brentford, who where he was really good at, you know, this is his first sort of foray into the Premier League and obviously he just kept Villa up last season, but that was that was a tricky, tricky ask in the first place. You know, I... Yeah, I think last season's performance, it wasn't brilliant from Dean Smith, so I can't put him in double decent. Um, but yeah, I, I'll go underrated, but he, I think he's a better manager than Billich, so I'm going to put him in the middle. Just sandwich him in between Deitch and Billich. I'd agree with that. Deitch is far too iconic to yeah. go below Dean Smith. Uh, right. uh, this one's a tricky one. Chrissy Wilder. Going up north. What do you reckon, Sam? Now... Ask me this at the end of last year, yeah, and I would have said double decent mm. because his t- his system was perfect and it got Sheffield United where they needed to be. Now that's said, ask me that this season, and he is belligerently sticking to this system mm. while they go without winning any games. I would put him in. I'd rather not because I think he is being far too stubborn in trying to stick with his system when it's so obvious I he doesn't have the personnel. Or I think the... you're exactly right. You know, the loss of Jack O'Connell, I think, was was huge for Chris Wilder. And I think you just don't have the players to play that three at the back anymore with with, with what they have. I think, you know, you, you look at their back three at the moment. What is it? Basham, Egan and Ampadu. It doesn't mm. scream to me very stable. So I think you either got to... You've either got to say, right, let's go to a fullback, protect the defence with a couple of defensive midfielders, uh, you know, yeah. your Lundstroms and your Sanderbergers, uh, sit them in front of the four, which is Egan and Basham for me, and then and then try and get, uh, try, you know, still try and overlap those wing backs or something like that. But yeah, as you say, it's belligerently stubborn, and I don't know, uh, it, and I think it's to Sheffield's detriment at the moment. So we'll, we'll see what hey, happens with that. Part. How far down this rabbit hole is he going to drag them before he decides to change his mind on but it? It's so difficult. I don't think any of these tiers apply to him because you look at Double Decent last season and you think, yeah, he was. He was brilliant. Underrated? Yeah. I don't think he's, he's not underrated. Anymore. I think he's rated. I'd rather not. But it seems harsh. But I think he is there this year. I think he is there. I, I couldn't... After, after what he's doing this year and how woefully his system's failed and how easily the teams have picked holes in it, I can't put him... On merit of his they managerial system, been like they keep losing like two one one nil that sort of. It's there's no drubbings in there. No, but it's, that's it's still losses, isn't it? Because they're playing, they're playing a five back, and you know their striking options you know, are absolutely abysmal. In in Ollie Burke, Ollie McBurney, and um, and obviously Ryan Brewster, David McGoldrick, they don't scream like Premier League uh, players. The decision to let Cam Robinson, the decision to let Cam. And Robinson go looks a bad one as well. Yeah. So, who knows? Uh, well, it's very difficult with Chris Wilder because I know I'm going to upset someone if I put it in there. If I put it in, I'd rather not. I know I'm going to upset people if I put it in double decent. I know I'm going to upset people if I put him in underrated. So, should I make his I, own tier? No, no, sure? we have no, 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 no. We've got to stick to this. We've got to put him somewhere. <laughs> I could just put him in a Chris Wilder one, tier between underrated and I'd one, rather one rule not. for one is one rule for rule for all. We've got to, <laughs> we've got to make a decision. I'm going to put him in. I'd rather not purely because I think he's too stubborn to. Okay, I'll go with you there. But he's definitely above Roy. He's the, oh, he's the top of I'd rather not. Yeah, but I, I, if someone asked me whether I'd want him to manage Chelsea, or if someone asked him whether I'd think he could manage West Ham, I'd say I'd rather not. I yeah. reckon. Okay. Anyway, we're going to I mean, we go back down to Birmingham, and we go for Nuno Espirito Santo. Na 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 Portugal. <laughs> Can I create another tier called Portugal, please? Portugal. Portugal, because he signs. It's funny because he signs a lot of Portuguese. And he is Portuguese. Who'd have thought? 
He's created like a little, created a little micro economy, isn't he? He's created a little micro economy. Yeah, uh, within the black country, there's just some. <laughs> there's just some. I don't know any Portuguese cuisine or culture at all, to be honest. There's just some. Uh, uh, Let's move on from Portuguese stereotypes and talk about his management. Uh, <laughs> he's consistently led Wolves to a upper top half finish, just outside of the top six. I think he's yeah. an absolutely quality manager. Uh, you know this form, his form this season has been hit and miss very much. Uh, so, but I don't think you can put him anywhere under double decent. Oh no, I, I go with you. I, I was worried you were going to go with Mastermind, but I don't think he's quite there. He's not quite there. I'd definitely put him no. above Moyes though. So I think do we put him there? There, there you go. There. Yeah, above Moyes definitely. Yeah. Uh, give it Moise. Right. Give it Moise. Yeah. Right. Scotty P. Hasn't got a clue. Yeah, I don't think he does. Although... I, I don't think he... I... As of recording this, if you if you just said this two weeks ago, I'd have gone, hasn't got a clue, but he's changed up the system and it's working a little bit better for Fulham. Yeah, but I don't think... I think they qualified last. They they got up to the Premier League in the playoffs by virtue of Brentford not turning up in the final. Yeah, I think they've looked pretty average this season. I think the defence has looked woeful at times. They got a result against Leicester purely for the fact that Leicester, let's be honest, underperformed. Yeah, and yeah. and Fulham scored an absolute screamer. Ola yeah. I I didn't see that goal until no. the other day. It was absolute banger. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'd be inclined to agree with you. I don't hasn't got a clue is harsh for Scott Parker, but I will say he hasn't got a someone clue was. yet. Out of Very all the managers, someone, someone has to go there, and I can see one more person that's going to go in that. Two oh, more people that's oh, going to oh, go in oh, that oh, little oh, tier oh, at the bottom. Oh. But no, Scotty P. I think hasn't got a clue, and I think uh, I stick to my prediction that he'll be one of the first managers to go this year because I can't see Fulham holding out for much longer. Yeah. Okay. Uh, one of my favourite managers in the Premier League. Yeah, I like Mr. Graham, Graham Potter. Potter. Purely for having the footballing, purely for having <laughs> oh, here we the, go. the bravery to try and play attacking football with a relegation side. They're not relegation to have to have side. that. No, no, but I, I, you look at Brighton's squad. They're not. It's not out of the realms of possibility to say that they could be down there. But I think Graham Potter is actually playing a very a very good system. I think, you well, know, he's utilising. Because they've lost, they're, they're below Arsenal. Yes, they are. But I think that they <laughs> that have been unlucky. I think they've been unlucky this season in a few games not to get results. Um, but I, 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 I more like the way that he plays football. I like the fact that he uses creative ideas. I like the fact that he makes the use of wing backs and he's got players like Connolly in his team who, are really entertaining to watch. I think I, I don't. I don't dislike watching Brighton. Yeah, do They've I had dislike a tricky watching teams? the season as well with with some of the results? I think undeservedly. You know, you look at the Manchester United game in the early game weeks, and I think as yeah. you say, Brighton are are an attacking side. They've got those that that five back with with Lamptey running up the right. I know that you like Lamptey a little bit. I don't know if that's been mentioned yeah. in any previous hasn't episodes been, or not. I'm happy to put him in underrated. Yeah, I would say underrated. I, I don't think people. I don't think people realise quite there. who he is. I think better than Billich, not as good as uh, Dean Smith or Sean Dyche. I would agree with you. There we go. <clears throat> Lovely. Uh, this is an interesting one. Uh, Hassan Hootel. I really like Ralph Hassan Hootel. Do you know what? what? I would say put him in double decent. I, I think he's done a phenomenal job. I'm actually going to agree with you. Uh, I, I think he's done a phenomenal job with Southampton. Yeah, you know, when when he comes in and obviously hit one of his first games in charge was that nine nil drubbing at um at St Mary's. It's 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 never gonna look good, but you know, he's got the best out of a lot of players in that side, you know, Che Adams was looking like he was out and out without a hope. And he's come in and he's nurtured his talent and he's looking really good this season. Obviously Danny Ings is unbelievable. And and that can only be as a result of the tutelage of Hasenhutl. So I've I've got to say he's in double decent. Would you would you put him sort of above Moisey, below Moisey, after Nuno, before Nuno? I would I would 
let's be put him above Nuno and above Moisey. Really? I think um, I think he's done with with the players at his disposal at Southampton. I think he's got the best out of players like Shea Adams and I mean to get to get a tune out of Theo Walcott again mm. after all these years. Mm. James Ward Prowse. James Ward Prowse. He's got Danny Ings scoring goals. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Bertrand even he's yeah. got playing. He's got playing really well. You know, he's 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 got Southampton again, being a team that no one wants to play. Yeah, you know, he's even got Carl Walker Peters playing, and I think that's yeah, one of the most impressive is, parts about him. <laughs> that is credit to no disrespect he's to fantastic managerial skill. Yeah, he's very he's, good. he's a great manager. He's come from Germany, really exciting. He knows he's got a DNA of, of what he wants to play, and I think a lot of the players buy into that, and I think it's a really quality. A very good manager, but I, no, I'm actually I'm going to put him below Nuno because Nuno's done it for a couple of seasons now. Me and you disagree on that, but we, I, I, I'll agree to allow you to have your because you've got control. Well, no, of it. I'll agree so, to have. <laughs> yeah, but when you think about it, Southampton <laughs> haven't haven't finished higher than Wolves past couple of seasons. Obviously, it's a different kettle of fish with Nuno because he sort of just gets these uh, Portuguese players in from from all around the world and they're just quality but I think yeah See, if I reckon I reckon Southampton will be where Wolves are in two years <clears throat> do you reckon keep him in charge yeah. yeah I reckon Southampton will be where Wolves are in two years if they keep him in the, in the job I'll let you keep him there at the moment I would I would I don't agree with you but I can understand your reasoning okay. so I will I will I will hold fire uh, the next one ex-Liverpool Mr. Carter. Brendan Rogers, Mr. Carter Yes. Like uh, one, obviously, one trophies. No. <laughs> obviously, one trophies. <laughs> oh. Obviously, one trophies at Celtic. Easy. I uh, could do that. Are completely and utterly <laughs> meaningless because I'm not being funny. You could put my left nut in charge hey. of Celtic. Put a suit on it. Right, and I've it got to make this episode explicit now on Spotify. Cheers for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. Lucky people, lucky people. Um, yes, I would, I would, I would put this man in double decent. I think he's done a great job at Leicester. I think he did a good job at Liverpool. The double decent. I think you're a madman. I think he did a great job at Liverpool. Nearly, very nearly won the league. You know, but for Steven Gerrard not being able to stay on his feet, he very, very nearly won the league with them. And that is a and obviously not bottling it at Sellers Park, vis-a-vis Crystal Ball. Yeah. Chris Dambour. Yeah, what night that was, eh? Anyway, yeah, I, I thinking about it, I, I think he's better. He's better than Nuno. He's better than Hassan Hoodle. I think he's the best in that bracket of uh, double decent. Yes. Uh, anyway, let's move on to, I think I think we sort of tried to save the best ones for last. Yes. We'll go to Don Carlo. Now, if you put this man anywhere other than Mastermind, I'm sticking him there right now. Yeah. 20 trophies as a manager. Yeah. He's won three Champions Leagues, one Premier League, one FA Cup, one Spanish Cup, one Bundesliga, one Italian Cup, one French Championship, two Sorry. FIFA Club World Cups. As Sam looked up his Wikipedia three, page. <laughs> three, three, two German Super Cups and a Community Shield. It's quite good, isn't he? I'm, I'm sorry, that's enough for me. That's enough if for if me. anyone here wants to try and claim that this man is anything below a mastermind, you're waffling. Yeah. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, uh, two. A man who made it into ESPN's top ten coaches of the year for winning the championship. By virtue of that, uh, does he go into mastermind? Uh, I don't want him to. <laughs> I don't think he's because I don't think he is a mastermind. I don't want to put him a man. I don't want to put him in the same bracket as someone who's won three Champions Leagues. But you, I just don't feel like I'm just talking about him as a football manager. I know, but it's just. You look at them. You look at the, the managers down the line, right? You look at Pep Guardiola, Jurgen Klopp, Jose Mourinho. The, you know, is Marcelo Bielsa in the same bracket as them? Well, when you've got Pep Guardiola, 
saying that Bielsa is the best manager in the league, you've got to sit up and take notice. Of course. But Pep Guardiola loves to get loves to gas people up before right. City play Maurizio them. Pochettino sings his praises as well. He's quite he good managed. at management. What does he know? <laughs> agenda, agenda, <laughs> agenda alert. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start putting that in all the <laughs> in all of the YouTube videos. I'm just going to put agenda. Personally, <laughs> I would put him at the top of double decent because I don't think he's done enough. At Big big clubs we, to Warren. Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll go with you. He's definitely at the top there. Um, he's at the top. He's, he's, he's at the top of double decent. I just don't think he's done what the likes of Pep Guardiola, Jurgen Klopp, Jose Mourinho have done. Right at the top end of the game to warrant being accepted into mastermind. Mm, I just think he gets I, the best out of players. Good. You know, Leeds Leeds were in the doldrums of the Championship. You know, struggling when he got there. And he's taken that squad and he's made absolutely blinding talents like um, uh, Calvin Phillips in the midfield is just one of the many examples. And he's he's changed the DNA of Leeds and they're a scary team to come up against. As a newly yeah. promoted side, but, I think when you look at Leeds, you think, right, that's not a game that you can take lightly. And I don't know, I just yeah. think no other manager has done that before, come up from the championship and been feared by the top teams. Jamie, whilst I agree with you, and whilst I agree that they weren't feared, Chrissy Wilder took Sheffield United from League One to the champ- to the Premier League in much the same way. So, okay, you know, you could, okay. you could sit here and argue about this for days on end, but I, I, I don't think he's quite at the top end of the game yet. Okay. That's my opinion. Top of double decent, fantastic. I don't think he's a mastermind. Okay. Also, he spies on people, so... <laughs> Um, <laughs> anyway, moving on to. I thought it would have been a really good mastermind. segue if Lampard was there. But yeah, no, yeah but he isn't. I'll get my stay of execution on talking about Frank Lampard, mastermind, Pep Guardiola. He's not a fraud. He's not a fraud. He's a little bit of a fraud. He's not, though. He's not a fraud. He's not a fraud. He's not. <laughs> He's just not. <laughs> it's just. I mean, people can argue that he's always been at big clubs. He has always been at big clubs. But the man has won a lot of trophies. So, I mean... I think tactically, he, he's one of the, the best tactical managers yeah. the world has ever I, seen. I don't know if anyone's seen that um, the documentary on Amazon. If you haven't watched it, go Is and watch it. Is that the City one? All or the nothing. The City one, All or Nothing. If you haven't seen it, his, the way he does team talks is very interesting. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, He's very passionate in the way he talks in the dressing room. And I think that um, you can tell that he understands football. Mm. You know, he, he's, he's definitely got a nose for football, you know. And City, I think, have actually had a knack in the last few seasons of bringing in players that... I mean, how many City signings can you say in the last few seasons that have underperformed? Uh, you know, ben especially because there's... A, well, Ben Mendy hasn't so much underperformed as just been injured all the time. Mm. I could, if I had sure. a list in front of me I could have named a few but when you spend I don't know what the exact figure is on defenders and still you know go into games thinking that you can get a goal past City it's mm. you do have to question his defensive tactical now I mean attacking is insane you know he he plays some of the most beautiful attacking football the world has ever seen Oh um, yeah, without a doubt. You know the the, the tiki taka sort of when he came in at Barcelona, it was wonderful. It was amazing. You know, you think of those teams back in the day. I do think he's benefited from having um, from having you know having the best players. Um, but you could say the same about Carlo Ancelotti. Yeah, you know he he won the Champions League with AC Milan and Real Madrid, mm. and, and this is when AC Milan were a force to be reckoned with. You know, they had Perlo in the side when he won it with them. This is, they were not the team that they are now. They were a fantastic side. And I don't think that you, you win trophies without being a great manager. Yeah, no, I agree. Because great players will only get you so far, but you have to know how to put that team together to win trophies. This man is the only manager in Premier League history to have got to 100 points. And I think that is creditable. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll I'll jump with you on that. 
He's a mastermind of football, one of the finest managers ever. And if you disagree, you're wrong. Well, you know, talk to us about it. Go on, give us a DM. We'll talk to you. Anyway, um, stop crying, Frank Lampard. So I didn't mean to say that. Go on, Sam. You can, you, yeah. Have you got to be impartial here? I mean, you don't I, have, I, a, you don't know, have I, a fantastic I, I track record impartial. of being impartial. Be impartial. Um, Frank Lampard took over Chelsea, uh, taking over from Maurizio Sarri, who was a manager who was very highly rated coming into Chelsea from Napoli. Um, played a very rigid style of football with a very rigid mindset. And I think we had a season of watching extremely boring, dull football with mediocre results. Uh, Frank Lampard took over. We had a transfer embargo. We sold David Luiz and Eden Hazard. We loaned out Alvaro Morata. And Frank Lampard was essentially left with a team half-filled with youth players who'd never played at Premier League level. Tamori, Tammy Abraham... Hudson Doy, Mason Mount, Reese James, you know, and a group of players that now probably don't even get into our first team. You know, you talk about Giroud potentially does get into our first team, but that's that's when everyone's fit, he maybe doesn't. Aspilicueta was our right back last year, Rudiger, Christensen, these are all players that we have replaced now. Uh and he managed to guide us to to a top four finish last season yeah. with a team that I don't think was good enough to finish in the top four, personally. No, no. I don't and think nobody was any expecting right. top four from Lampard. No, that was this was the thing. The general feeling at Chelsea was top eight, brilliant, great mm. season. We we out we outplaced last season Tottenham, who, who had just been to a Champions League final. We outplaced Arsenal, who'd had the opportunity to buy people in the summer. You know, we outplaced Leicester, who looked really good last year. And you've got to you say know, as well, the finishing in the top four was the springboard for this sort of money uh, cash flow coming yeah. through from Abramovich. You know, you come out, you're not you're not going to get players like Timo Werner, Kai Havertz, Thiago Silva without the attraction of Champions League football. Definitely. They're not going to come to Chelsea and sit and either just play in the Carabao Cup or the Europa League they want to play at the top level and I think if, if Lampard doesn't finish top four I think they have a completely different transfer window they do and and that's the thing and if you l- listen to all these players that have had this that have been interviewed after they've signed every single one of them has said look Frank Lampard played a massive part in me coming in here because I think that he does have a clear vision of where he wants us to go mm. you know he has a clear vision of the kind of football he wants to play yeah. you know and that is something that is Really, really, he gets a lot of flack as well. Lampard, I think, does get a lot of flack because I think that because of who he is People and because of the fact that he only just and especially because of underperforming managers like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and Arteta, who played from you know the same generation, those two are underperforming. I think people are waiting for Frank Lampard to fall off, but I think he's done a much better job at Chelsea than those two are doing at their respective clubs. And you can talk about the money, but. Chelsea's net spend over the last two windows has been four million. Mm. We sold Hazard for 115. We sold Morata for 60. Yeah, you know that's 185 million there, and then we sold a load of other players for 60 million. We've spent four million. What are we meant to do with transfer money? Just not spend it. Yeah, you know, and you you cannot bring up the money and say that he's been saved by that because last season he took a very average Chelsea team and finished fourth, and that is the reason why. We've been able to bring in all these players. I think mm. he's massively I think, underrated. I think he gets the he gets the DNA team. of Chelsea, obviously, because he played there for donkey's yeah. years and was one of the. Fans, I'm not going to say. It. I'm just going to say it. He's Chelsea's best ever player. I'm sure you'll agree. He is. Um, yeah. He's and I the, think he, he's the fans just, absolutely adore him. Yeah, I think he's. Uh, I, really I will let you put him. I'm going to put him in double decent because he's not a mastermind just yet for them. For me, I think I want to see no, him no, win no. something. And I would. I would put him beneath. I would put him beneath Nuno. Yeah. I like that. I'll put him there. I reckon he's there. He hasn't won anything yet. Um, we'll see where this goes this year. Yeah. Chelsea have won. Chelsea have won for four games in the row in the Champions League for the first time. Yeah. Since we won it in 2012, that gets me excited. Well, we'll see about the round of 16 it. draw. We'll see what that yeah. means for you first. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, we'll move on to someone who's just been knocked out of the Champions League. Uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. 
see, I want to say hasn't got a clue here, and I have multiple reasons why I'm going to argue it. Okay. Uh, I think that there's a few things you could say. The signing of Donny van der Beek is one of them. Just yeah. looks completely mindless and pointless. Whether how much he had to do with that, we don't know. But if he was involved, then that is a completely ridiculous waste of money to bring in a player not like that. Donny van der Beek's a bad player. No, all. no, because he's not. He's 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 brought him in. He hasn't used him. He hasn't he hasn't utilized him in any way. But then he also all. oversaw the purchase of Bruno Fernandez. He did, but Manchester who, United, who, who, who admittedly is quite good at football. Of course, but you could also argue that Bruno Fernandes is now rescuing his job on multiple occasions by coming in and saving saving games. He had to come into the West Ham game and save that game because Ole Gunnar Solskjaer had started him on the bench. Yeah, and uh, you know, I think I think back to this the Leipzig game that's just happened this week. Starting with a back five is one of the most ridiculous decisions I've seen. Uh, with it was a, just with it a was, left back and centre back, he played Luke suicidal, back. suicidal defending. You know, I don't mind having Luke Shaw as centre back in a back five. That's fine because that, I, I, I'm, uh, I've seen Aaron Cresswell turn into a centre back this season. But what I'm saying is, it was so naive because you know that Leipzig are going to play a, a five at the back with Angelino and Haidara on both wings. Uh, both wing backs, and what did they do? They scored yeah. <laughs> because the defense hasn't got a clue how to play a five back. They don't have a clue. They played four all season. They beat Leipzig five nil at Old Trafford with a four back with two midfielders sitting front, sitting in front of the the, the back four. So why change it? It is yeah. it's baffling to me when you go for a draw. Why would you change it up to a five at the back system? It baffles me. I don't get it. And they won the second half because they went to a back four. Yep. And it's just and it just screams tactical naivety. You've also got to remember this is a man who was relegated with Cardiff. Yeah. He's you know he was relegated from the Premier League before. He's underperforming at Manchester United. And I don't care what they say about you know points wise they are doing okay. But that is more to the point that they have got Bruno Fernandes who comes in and completely takes control of games yeah I think he, you, you, I think he's relied on the talent of his players a lot I think you, you look you, you look at players like Marcus Rashford Mason Greenwood Anthony Martial who's inconsistent as all hell and, and obviously he's had the Paul Pogba situation to deal with but he's just for me he's not a good manager and I think he is completely over-reliant on the players that he has at his disposal. So for me, I don't think he hasn't got... Mm. I'm going to be bold here and say something. Go on. You put Carlo Ancelotti in charge of that Manchester United team and they challenged for the title. I wouldn't disagree with you. I think they challenged for the title because I think he would understand where those players are meant to be played. He'd know how to get a tune out of Harry Maguire. He'd know how to get a tune out of Wan-Bissaka because he... You need a manager that has a very deep understanding of what these players are capable of. And yeah. it just seems as though Ole Gunnar Solskjaer doesn't understand the players that he has at his disposal. You look at the game last night, half time he takes, he's got Luke Shaw playing centre back, and he takes off his wing back, Alex Tellers, who he's just paid a load of money for in the summer. He takes him off. Who's been really good, can I just say? Who's been really good, takes him off, put Donny van der Beek on, another player who he signed in the summer is really good and he brings him on at half time in games. Mm. And then later on in the game, he takes Luke Shaw off, another left back, and puts Brandon Williams on the pitch. Brandon Williams on the pitch, yeah. who, to all intensive purposes, is not very good. Mm. It just it seems as though in games when when he starts to panic, he just throws players at the game and hope that something will happen. Yeah. I think he's Which got lucky recently. Definitely, I think he's got lucky recently by the fact that basically Bruno Fernandez has taken games by the scruff of the neck and just got on with it. I think they were very fortunate to get a result against Brighton. I think that he's been relegated but with Cardiff. He's gone out to Sweden, got a very cushy job at Malmo, just I think doing what Mulder. he's Mould, whatever. He's got a very cushy job at Mould. He's just doing what he's doing. He's been brought in as a Manchester United manager and I think he's out of his depth. And I think he'll be gone. But then you look at Project Restart. He was so 
good after Project Restart and obviously at the start of his managerial stint at Man United, you know, they came they they came in the top four. They did. So I don't I think it's harsh to say that he hasn't got a clue. When the going's good, he's I think he could be quite a good manager, but when things get tricky, that's it's just when it how all long, falls apart. How long would you be willing to put up with maddening inconsistency? I don't think he hasn't got a clue. I think he's I think he's here. I'd rather not. I would put him and I'd rather not. I don't think he hasn't got a clue. Mm. I'm gonna put this man here. No. Jurgen Klopp is the best manager in this entire list. I'm going to put this man here. <laughs> Jurgen Klopp is the best manager in this entire list. Yeah, I was thinking Jürgen, uh, from a longevity point of view. Mind, for, Jurgen Klopp, in my mind, is the best manager in the world. No, I think you're right. Out of shadow of a doubt. Yeah. Um, what he's done at Liverpool is nothing short of unbelievable. Yeah, groundbreaking, uh, isn't it? Sort of pressing... Players the players that he is getting game, the players that he's getting world class performances out of. Yeah. I mean, talk about Liverpool's team now. Allison, top five world keepers beta. in the world, probably one of the best, uh, maybe top, top five keepers in the world. Two. Trent, Trent, probably, probably the, the best, best right back, back in the world, world at the moment. Yeah. Uh, Van Dyke, best centre back in the world. Yeah. Andy Robertson, top three left backs in the world. Probably the best. Jordan Henderson, Jordan Henderson, I'd put as one of the best defensive midfielders in the world now, yeah. and he's probably. Got, I mean, and you think in Fabinho, my mind, he's, he's got... one of the finest, and then you think Wijnaldum, although he has he isn't finishing his contract, still one of the better players uh, in his position, and then that front three, it speaks for itself. Really, it's it's absolutely that's wonderful. Manufactured, and, and... That's manufactured by Jurgen Klopp. That mm, front three, yeah. he knew what he wanted. And that is the thing. Jurgen Klopp had his first season at the first couple seasons at Liverpool. Right, he had a basis for a team. He had Jordan Henderson there. James and he Milner. had bare bones. He had bare bones of a team. He had Milner. He had workhorses, which mm. is what was left for him by Brendan Rodgers. He had a team of workhorses. And he decided, right, played a couple seasons with them. Had half-decent years, you know, leaked goals, leaked results, but you you were always going to. And no he turned around to the board and he said... He turned around to the board and he said, right, back Andy me. Robertson, get him. Or get, get back me. Give me the money. Yeah, and you go out, you can Salah. Talk, he was what forty million. Uh, Mane. No, was the two still... big signings. The two big signings that he said they went to the Champions League final and they lost the Champions League final mm. because of their goalkeeper. And he turned up to the board and said, "Look, I need the world's best centre back and I need the world's best goalkeeper and I'll win you the Champions League." End of story. Just spend whatever you want to spend. I want Van Dijk and Allison, and you just give them the money that they're asking for, and I'll win you the Champions League and the league. They signed Van Dijk. They signed Allison. First season win the Champions League, next season win the cha- win the Premier League. Yeah, he knew exactly what he needed to win these trophies. Yeah, absolutely everything. He and the passion that they play with. Yeah, the passion that he imparts to it. There, I've never seen a team unit like it in the Premier League. Yeah. I've never seen a team unit that looks so together and so concise. Mm. Uh, it's I think uh, he, his he's, man he's... management is also second to none in the world. You know, you think uh, you think of. You know, he's very good tactically, obviously. But I think the way that he is with his players, you know, you you can have the best players in the world. If you don't manage them properly, they're not going to perform for you. Jurgen Klopp has created this culture that the whole squad buys into. And the whole squad wants to win every single match that they go to and and absolutely just play the other team off the pitch. And I think that has been so good for Liverpool. Uh, and he's one of the yeah I'd say he's one of the best managers in the world right now if not the best the um, best and yeah Jurgen Klopp what a man what a, what a lovely bloke as well he is he seems he's a bit moany recently but you know seems alright uh, and pains me to say it because I mean I, my so. relationship next one my relationship with Jose has gone up and down I used to absolutely adore him when he was at Chelsea I put him above Pep Guardiola I reckon Jose's there um, wow. because putting aside agendas, uh, I, I, do you know what? Um, Jose Mourinho in 2004 shook up the world, yeah, because Jose Mourinho Podcast. went to Sir Alex Ferguson, Premier League winning, title winning Manchester United, and knocked them out of the Champions League at Port at Old Trafford with Porto, mm. a competition he went on to win with Porto. 
and that was when he wrote his name on the masthead of I am one of the best managers in the world. Mm. He knew he was. He came to Chelsea. There was the special one speech. He then won two Premier Leagues in two seasons. Mm. Um, Inter, Real. One of, yeah, one of the most prolific trophy winners of the last... He's the bagsman of managers. Yeah, you know when Jose comes in, you're going to get a trophy. That's... And I, I would agree that Spurs will win trophies under him as well. Yeah. I think that he is. Hopefully he not has the Premier League, because I will stop watching football. Go on. <laughs> I'm with you on that, yeah. but I, I do think that he has he has the ability to just he gets something out of his teams. Um, again, if you haven't seen the Amazon documentary, go and watch it. You get a real insight into his into his managerial style. Mm. It's really interesting. But I, I, I the way I mean, when he first came into football. In in two thousand and four, you know, he was at Porto, and the way he played football was almost revolutionary. He came into Chelsea, yeah. and uh, you know, we played we played with Claude Makélélé, Odegaard Johnson, Joe Cole, Damien Duff, uh, and he played a defensive style. Sam's just drooling um, as he says this. <laughs> hadn't it, well, it hadn't it hadn't been seen before, and I think he reinvented the way that people saw the game, much like Pep. Guardiola did with his tiki taka. I think Mourinho, you know, came up with this way of playing football that was new and it was fresh. And I think that that is that is the mark of a mastermind when you actually reinvent the game. Yeah, all all, all those top um, top three four managers there have all reinvented the game in a way. I think you know Klopp comes yeah. in at Dortmund with his with his gagging pressing style, constant pressure, uh, and and all of his players work hard as hell. You look at Mourinho and his defensive style and the way he revolutionised the game, as you say, after 2004, counter-attacking. Counter and then you look at Pep Guardiola and you think he's the he's the forefront of tiki-taka football. And Carlo Ancelotti is just one of the best attacking coaches in the world. Um, it's total football. Carlo Ancelotti is just, it's just pure football in its purest form. Yeah. Just, it's so Italian. But no, I think Mourinho... <laughs> You can't argue it. Won the Champions League with Inter. Won the Champions League with Porto. Won the league, I think, everywhere he's been. I'm not sure Apart if he won it with Inter, United. but he definitely and Chelsea won it with Real Madrid second time. Won it with no, he won it with Chelsea second time, 2015. Oh, okay. uh, Sorry, won it, <laughs> won it with fart. Chelsea twice. Yeah, it's fantastic. I, I, I can't. As much as I dislike the fact that he's managing Spurs, I can't turn my agenda down enough to, to doubt him. Yeah, so, I think his, his problem at United is that a lot of those players didn't buy into his way of thinking. And I no. think, you know, he always says the blame, you know, he doesn't get backed in the transfer window. And there's always arguments about, you know, three-season syndrome with, with, with Jose. But he he's just such a good manager. He's just got yeah. a, one of the finest footballing brains in, in the game. And I think... It, be harsh to put him anywhere under mastermind. Um, the only anyway. issue with Jose is the time limit. Yeah, Jim. Yeah, there's no longevity. Uh, last one. Mikhail. Been waiting for this. Yeah. Go on, Sam. I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm really pre-thought about this one. I think I it's harsh to put a manager in hasn't got a clue after he's won an FA Cup. Yes. I do agree with I you. I also think it's harsh to put someone who has never managed before in underrated. Yes, I don't <laughs> think he's underrated. Because I, I don't think he's very good. So, I think uh, this I think is another one of those bad. which is like, I mean, Arteta, oh shit. <laughs> oh no, I've, I've fucked it. <laughs> right, I'm going to put him there, but that's not where I'm, I'm, I'm finishing him, obviously. Um, okay, that's, that's where I finish him personally I don't I look I think the FA Cup they won it by virtue of <laughs> sorry I thought you were just gonna say the FA Cup they won it <laughs> yep that's a it. fact they did well um to win that game whether they deserve to win the final is another thing I think he's he he towards the back end of last season owed a lot to Aubameyang if I'm honest scored a goal in the semi scored and two goals in when the he's not scoring Oh, they look woeful. Crap. They look woeful. When he's when, when Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang isn't performing, Mikel Arteta's managerial system falls completely flat on its face. Mm. And they look suddenly 
unbelievably average. Their results this season, 3-0 against Aston Villa. Mm. Absolutely wiped off the park mm. in every facet of the game. Yeah. That's 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 unarguable. They Wolves beat United. United were, in, United were in a form slump at the time. You look at the back end last season. Yeah. Beaten by Brighton. Looked tactically hopeless against Tottenham at the weekend. Yeah. Um, they scream of a, a, a ship without a proper captain on it, if I'm honest. Yeah. No, I None of their There's a severe lack of like leadership in, in, in the Arsenal camp at the moment. Everywhere you look. I think I, he's I, a fantastic no, no, man no, manager. No. I think, you know, just, he speaks, he speaks like six languages. Eight. He loves all his players. So I think it's harsh to put him in and hasn't got a clue because he does. Because he's, he's worked under Guardiola and he's seen the way he works. So has just, he, well, that's, that's, that's different. Is, is, is he a good assistant manager? Is he a good manager? That's, yeah, if you're talking about purely management and you look at his results so far, I don't know, it's, I can't put him in hasn't got a clue. Not after well, an FA I, Cup win. Not after an FA Cup win. Well, I, I, I just... Uh, but he's he's at the bottom end of I'd rather not then. I, I I don't I don't see him going anywhere. He's got to be above Brucey, surely. No, not above Brucey. Brucey's Brucey's done well this season. Newcastle are above him. Fair enough. Okay. Alright, that's the first tier list done. Oh Christ. That's the first tier list done. Should How we... long have we been going? <laughs> I don't know. We might need to cut this episode 50, down a little bit. 50, 51 minutes. <laughs> okay. We, we might need to split episode into two do we do we leave it there or do we we can leave it there we can come back i mean if you boys want we could we could cut it and then just record the next one and release that as a later episode yeah let's do that let's do that wonderful we might have to edit this bit out of us <laughs> discussing what we're going to do with the fucking yeah. all right cool <laughs> all right, um, in outro us then sir all right, boys. Well, that's the end of this one. We've we've completely changed our mind on what we're going to do with the tier list because that conversation went on for far too long. So what we're going to do now, we're going to cut this one and uh, release the next episode of FAQs as a kind of 2.5 to the tier list episode. And the next one, just so you come back, will be a conversation about the clubs in the Premier League and whether they could be considered big clubs or not. Yeah. So that is... Going to ruffle some feathers, going to make a, some people upset. Yeah. Tottenham fans especially be coming back because I've got some things to say. Anyway, it's always been... been a gender alert, a gender alert. Wee, wee. Anyway, sorry. It's been fantastic. As always, friend. Uh, I, hope, I hope that we haven't caused any issues by putting Scott Parker at the bottom. I know... Sorry, Rob. Fulham fact. <laughs> probably won't like that. Sorry, Rob. But, you know, argue. I like an argument. Um, yeah. I don't think you can disagree with that list personally <laughs> at any facet but you know if you've got opinions stick them down in the YouTube comments drop us a message on the socials we'll have an argument with you uh, leave a like on the video subscribe if you're new turn my bell on and uh, yeah we will catch you next time cheers lads <laughs>